Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions. Episode. Oh, uh, 37? 36. 36. You're 36. Always, at least you're not like really far off. Yeah, I'm not like 45. It's like 22. Yeah. Okay, so I'm how you the, doing? I'm in the realm. Um, I'm okay. Jack, I washed my hair today. <laughs> this is this is apparently a, a big event. <laughs> What's the topic? That was discussed during last night's Oscars that... Oh, it was how often do you wash your hair? And as soon as you asked that, I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be the answer I want to hear. Yeah, I so I have really thick hair. It takes a long time for my hair to get greasy. And really, I mean, we're at home. I don't feel any motivation. My hair is in a messy bun every single day. But then I was kind of like, huh, I feel like it's been over a week. And you guys were and then I was like, I've showered and had a bath like every day. I've had some form of cleansing myself. However, not my hair. I just feel I feel like once a week, like if you weren't going to do it that much, I feel like just once a week would be enough. Yeah. So maybe I'll do it. It's like every Sunday. I have to say it looks great. I'm having a very good hair day today. Like it dry, it dried so nicely and it's like got this nice wave. Yeah. My hair never does that. You guys, that's why I never wash it because it always goes like big. So anyways, that's how I'm doing because we're in lockdown and there's nothing else to talk about because I'm working from home and we're not doing anything. Today, Meg and I went to the grocery store and she was like, can we just like just drive for a little bit and listen to music? Because it's just like, are we going to go to the grocery store, pick up a few things and just come home? And that's like, that's all you're really allowed to do. So she was just like, can we just like drive for like just five minutes or so? So that's what we did. Oh, that's uh, that's it's so sad. I know. I'll just drink my wine. <laughs> it's a it's a place we've gotten to. It's it's a few weeks. It definitely compared to last April. It's definitely a very different morale. I think it's different because last year was like more scary because it was so new. Like we went in lockdown in March of 2020. So it was scary. And like I was going to say all I did was drink, but it's not really changed. But like it was just I don't know. It was it was scary. Whereas now it's more like I miss like you're just missing things before. We never really miss things because it was so new. So now it's like, you know, a year in we're like, whoa. And a lot of people seem to care less now. Oh, 100%. It's why we are where we are, especially in Ontario. I know. We're we're not doing great. How are you doing, Jack? Uh, done school. Done school. Uh, got a new camera. Gonna... I know. Today. He's so excited about it. He'll probably sleep with it tonight. No, I I did used to do that kind of like when it was, was, it was like hockey equipment. Yeah. When he was a kid, he used to, If he, I remember the one where he got a new helmet and we came in to like just check on him before we went to bed and he was wearing his helmet gotta break it in it's probably honestly probably might be the same helmet i still have now so cute though you always like you know you'd sleep in the like if you got new glove hockey gloves or something you would sleep in them and don cherry always taught me although he's a little problematic now that whatever you if you treat your equipment good they'll treat you good oh very nice very good besides that i need a haircut especially if i'm gonna start making youtube videos i know it's so fun so, uh, I don't know how I'm going to, I guess I get my girlfriend, she'll do some research and she could probably cut it. Well, she did it last time. Like yeah, but she said she wants to cut it like how, like a fade. Oh, okay. But for me, I don't really care. You just not shave it all off, just like the sides and back. Yeah, yeah. That, cause that's the only and part keep, that really bothers keep me. keep the top going like that? Yeah. Yeah. That was last year. I basically had the haircut that you had for a little bit <laughs> that Meg made fun of, but I was right. the one that cut it for you and I, always, I thought it was cool. Yeah, the undercut. Especially I for to- a summer. I liked it just for the 
clear fact of like because I have so much hair it actually reduced the hair like it just was nice to feel like what normal people probably feel like with like hair well it's funny because people always say oh your hair so thick like it's a good thing it's it's got its own problems I was gonna say it's a gift gifts and a gift and a curse yeah it is like it's it's a lot to deal with Anyways, that's first world problems. We won't complain about our hair. That's annoying. It's okay. That was just the first four minutes of this. It's yeah. Just talking about us. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, the Oscars from last night. Yes. Which, recording this a little early on Monday. Yes. Get almost as close as we can to instant reaction. Yeah. I hope one day we could grow this podcast big enough where we could like go live after the Oscars. Oh, my God. How fun would that be? So fun. Especially, I remember the one year that... like. Uh, there's a few years that we were really into the Oscars. I remember the one year because we followed uh, the big picture from The Ringer. I don't listen to it as much anymore. But it was the year, and I feel like I bring this up a lot, the year where they messed up Moonlight right, and La right, La right. Land. Yeah. They went live after, and they're like, I know we're supposed to talk about these awards, but what just happened? Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about the Oscars, Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale, which that could probably be a 45-minute conversation based uh, on the notes yeah, that was, we took. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess let's start with our Top 100 Movie Challenge. Yeah, let's do that. We just watched it together. We did. Usual Literally sp- 10 minutes ago it finished. Yeah, so. we, we had to take some time to decompress before we talked about it. Yep. Usual Suspects, 1995, directed by Brian Singer. Okay. Tells the story of five criminals who meet in a, uh, what do you even call like it? Like a lineup. Like yeah. a prison lineup and therefore plan a heist. Yes. As all criminals would do in a lineup. So the prop, great movie, first of all, amazing, amazing twist. It is so good, but it is hard to talk about. And it's hard to decompress because it's you can't even spo- say. It's all like, it's spoilery stuff. And this is something like I'd never seen this movie. So it was all kind of fresh in my mind of trying to guess the twisted about like halfway through, I'm like, I have a pretty good idea of where this is going right. to go, especially based on who is in the movie. And based on pop culture of people using this kind of movie, you know, but it is definitely, uh, it's super entertaining. It's got a great cast. Unfortunately, it does have Kevin Spacey, who is he's basically canceled now. And we talked about uh, like a couple days ago, right? Just the Kevin Spacey like movies like you had American Beauty and you had Pay It Forward and you had I don't know like I can't off the top of my head yeah like he has been in such great movies and it's such a shame because it it's do you are you still allowed to like these movies are you still allowed to yeah like is it is it is it appropriate to say like I really because I really like the movie like and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that you like the movie it's we don't condemn any of what he did Right. And that was off the screen. On the screen, he's very talented. That's kind of undeniable, especially when you go from, let's say, 95 when this movie came out and to, I'm pretty sure Pay It Forward was like 2001. Mm-hmm. So that's like a six-year kind of peak of amazing movies. I don't know. Was seven before that? Because that's, they kind of fall into... Like seven was like a 90... If I had to guess, I would say like 94, but I could be wrong. So then you're going a seven-year. But like seven yeah. years of him being this top-notch actor and he does House of Cards and... This one I found easier to watch, I, th- I think, especially because this is what the third movie we've watched for this challenge with him in it. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we watched, was Seven a part of this? I don't think we've watched that yet, though. Oh, okay. So I guess, maybe just because I saw it. So but we will. So we watched American Beauty. Yeah. I found that one was harder. This one I didn't find as bad because although he is the biggest name of the actors, 
it's not like just about him. Yeah, like yeah. it's about the entire group. And I think we should. So Kevin Spacey, yes. Benicio del Toro, Stephen Baldwin, Kevin Pollock, who was my favorite part of the movie, to be completely <laughs> yeah, honest. He's funny. His character was really like witty and uh, Gabriel, right? Gabriel yeah. Byrne. Yeah. And I think they did a good job of introducing us to these characters by this uh, interrogation scene at the beginning where you kind of all see their personalities and there's like straightforward and then there's like cocky. You could kind of see all of their personalities come out just by a little conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you get to know kind of as the movie progresses, like what type of people they are, right? Because mm-hmm. Kevin, like you said, Kevin Pollock is he's he, it's so funny because then anything i've seen him before he's he always plays like a nice guy so it was funny to see him in such an asshole kind yeah. of role but he played it so well mm-hmm. that's it's fun to see right yeah after they get out of the interrogation i love that they kind of have this moment where they're all walking out and they just kind of all i don't even know if they nod at each other but they just kind of make eye contact and that's just all right we're, we're gonna in. do yeah. we're gonna do this yeah yeah for sure um, I would describe this as confusing, mm-hmm. but intriguing. Yeah. Because it's not until the very, very, very end of this like, movie that literally you, the last five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe that you connect the entire story. Yeah. And really, it's a great sequence of shots of how it's discovered. Yes. The plot twist. Yes. As I'm as we're trying to dance around. This. I know. I know. Just in case people if you haven't seen it, it, I think it's it's still held up well. I think it's still a really great movie. I think that it's it's it is entertaining. And you do at some point, I know halfway through, you're kind of like, bless you, by the way. Thank you. Um, you were kind of like, I'm confused. And that is a very fair statement because you're like, there's a lot going on and you just you're not entirely sure but then it kind of all comes together with a nice little bow on it and it's not even like i was looking down on my phone like i was pretty locked into this and i I think even as much as you pay attention if you haven't seen it you just kind of go okay but why but how yeah yeah Yeah. and then it it literally just takes this i'm gonna say it's no longer than two minutes to just put together all the pieces yeah and i feel like watching it again i feel like watching it a second time would be good because then you know everything and you kind of see you see stuff a little differently yeah i feel like then it'd be the third time when you're just kind of like all right well i know this yeah it's not it's not that rewatchable i would say no but it's impactful i would say right like it was definitely one of those movies in that time era where everybody said it was their favorite movie because it just was so different than anything we had seen before and there's you know the the great twist and the like it's just kind of a it's it's got some action and you know it's just a well-rounded movie mm-hmm. especially when you talk about this movie you always will relate it to kaiser soze yes it's just a name that's said throughout and i thought it was more of before i saw this i thought it was more of a reveal of the name oh, but they okay. say it throughout the movie like it's a very oh, yeah. common like is he a myth? It kind of reminds me almost of like John Wick. Like right, right. how it's just only known by reputation. Yes. Yeah. And it's always funny because you think, how did they get that reputation? And nobody knows who they are. Like who knows who they are? Like one or two people. Yeah. But that's all. That's all they that's need. That's all it needs. It's letting. Then it's reputation, right? Yeah. It's letting one person live and they to go and tell everybody else about this crazy person. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Uh, my film nerd quarter oh, yes. corner was the very beginning with uh, Kevin Pollock's character. He's getting interrogated by the or before he gets interrogated, he's getting picked up by the police, and 
he like wipes his face down with the rag and he throws it at mm-hmm. the camera yeah. and it transitions to the next shot. I yeah. just thought that was really yeah. cool. And think of it as back in what what year was this again? Uh, 95. Yeah. So, I mean, people do that now with like TikTok and stuff. But I mean, it's yeah. it's it was very different for back then. Right. I also want to shout out Chaz uh, Terry, yeah. who I know him from Modern Family and more of just kind of like a funny side character. Yeah. But in this, it gets really intense yeah. with yeah. him and Kevin Spacey facing yeah. off. Yeah, for sure. And Giancarlo Esposito, who doesn't age and always, even if he's on the right side of the law, just always seems to play mm-hmm. a bad guy. I know. That's true. He does not age. No. And the, yeah, 95 to now. And what's different besides a little gray hair? Yeah, yeah. That's the only real difference you could tell. Yeah. All right. Uh, I I was trying to think about if this was like an award winner to try to connect it. I'm pretty sure. It did. So it won. Well, Kevin Spacey won. And it also won for writing. Like screenplay. Hmm, But he won like like he won like Golden Globe. But I don't know. He won a lot for Kevin Spacey supporting. I was going to say, I wonder if he would be because there's not really a star. Yeah, there's not really a main. Yeah, I would say he's they're all supporting. And yeah, that's what he won. So he did win an Oscar for that. All right. Let's get to the 93rd annual Oscars. Yes. The 2021 edition. First of all, I just want to say about the show in general. I, I think I enjoyed how different it looked. Yeah. I think, obviously, because they showed at one point Brian Cranston in the theater where they usually do it, I think if it was going to be different for this year, and obviously they talked about health and safety protocols, it was kind of filmed like it was a movie. It like was. it wasn't just like a straight, narrow shot at yep. the stage. Like it was kind of all different angles. And I just thought that was a really and that, cool. Whatever the, like, whatever they used, filter or whatever they used, it was so nice. Like it wasn't, um, I don't know they had kind of that light behind and it was really well it was like pretty mm-hmm. and, but it was in Union Station and it starts off with like Regina King grabs an Oscar and just starts walking in and she just walks through the entire station there are some people on the sides like that I guess are there but it's just her walking and then she walks into where the awards are and it's just a whole bunch of tables everybody's pretty social distance there were still quite a few people there but they said like there was testing and i also liked how when regina king it was kind of like she was like the mc but you didn't want to give her title as host Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm sure she didn't really care about that either no but how she's just like okay when cameras are on masks are off when cameras are off masks are on and there was still like i'm pretty sure i saw zendaya like francis mcdormand some people were still wearing masks no matter what yeah no matter what uh protocols were taken into account yeah it was just this was i think on the account of the entire show especially what's going on in the world right now i would say it was a big swing and i would call it a i'm not gonna say a major success but i would call it a successful night for me um so we this is our last award season of this is our last award show of the season i thought it was so nice to see a regular one and not a virtual one. Not that I have anything against them. I'm so happy that Golden Globes did it the way they did. You know, that was also four months ago, you know, and now in California, they have a lot more people vaccinated and they're they're working really hard in California because their numbers were so bad. And it was just nice to have just a regular like just look like a regular award show you know like it, it, had it brought a, a sense feel. of normalcy yeah it had a feel of just like a regular one um yeah no I would for me I would say it's a big hit I I but I love the award shows like I'm all about award shows and 
I think they did a really good job in a very difficult situation. And they brought us entertainment and they got to celebrate and stuff. So I think it was good. I think it, it falls into what my complaint always is. Is it just, it runs a little too long. Yeah, and it's, it's just three and a three and a bit hours. Three, like three and a quarter. Like it was like, if it, it starts, it starts at eight. It was like 11, 15-ish. Yeah, so it's three, oh, three hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. like it's still... I think it was just because of like the gimmicks and stuff. And also I think because there wasn't like a huge band there, there was no one to be played off. So people could have speeches as long as they wanted. So I was texting my friend and he said the exact same thing. He was just like, the speeches are way too long. Like they're just, it's too long. Like, and that will be my only complaint complaint in uh, awards is when people just get up there and just name 50 people. Look, I know a lot of people helped you get to that stage. And I know, I understand, you want to thank everybody. And it's it is your so boring for people to listen to. So it's it just, you know, but I can't say. If I won an Oscar, would I want to name everybody? Probably, right? I think because because we've seen it happen so many times, I think I would want to do it like, thank you. I, except if you're talking about specifically to the like actual production. Like if there was like a specific few people that made it happen, then you list them. You thank the entire cast and crew. A lot of people say that. Like thanks to the wonderful cast and crew, the Minari family or whatever. Yeah. The best in the world. Like you just. When you start naming people though. You're going to forget someone. You're going to forget someone. And then if you go, I want to name these three people and the rest are just like, and the rest of the cast, you're. You're just putting people about like, I just think it should be a blanketed. Everybody was amazing. Like mm-hmm. you can't, I don't know. You just can't name everybody. It's so boring to listen to. And then you're like thinking like spouses, kids, stuff like that. Well, that should always be thanked because those are your people at home that are your, that make it possible for you to do those things. So I think family is one thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and, but it's quick. Like, you know, I just want to thank my, my husband or my wife for all their support. I want to thank my kids for being my guiding light. I want to thank, you know, like, there's a way I still think you can do it, but thank you to my boys who keep making me work. <laughs> yeah. So okay, we'll get to her. Okay. So first award of the night goes to Emerald Fennel for a promising young woman. She won for original screenplay. So and I was I tell them, I was ecstatic. I was so happy. This was definitely your movie that you hooked yourself onto and you said no matter if it's the best movie or not, this is my movie. Yeah, it is my... So what we did was we ranked our movies um, for best picture of what we thought. And it, it's not necessarily like who, who did the best job. It's <laughs> what did I enjoy? Like, what did I like? And Promising Young Woman, I have to say, was my favorite film of this. I think there were seven, right? Or no, sorry, nine. Wait, one, two, three. Five, six, seven, eight. Eight. Yeah, so eight. And I said Promising Young Woman was was my favorite movie. So I was so happy that she won. Um, I think it was a really interesting screenplay. I've never seen anything like that before. And so I'm happy she won and she was recognized. So Do, do we bring up how we pick Oscar movies and try to pick the winners? So listen, guys. We pick... We pick these movies, okay? All, all 23 awards. We yeah. try to guess who the winner is, and I think we both have... We try to balance who we want to win and who we think's going to win. It is a... Yes. It is a debate that we have in our in It our is own. because I feel like you should go one way or another. I... But then today, or this time, I actually did pick people that I was like, okay, I, I've heard 
this this is the front runner, so I'm gonna pick that movie. Do I think it was necessarily the best movie? No, or or whatever it is. Yeah. Do I think it was necessarily the best? No, but I do. So anyway, we pick it. Jack is killing me in the beginning. Like, I mean, you had like six and I had one or something for the first like couple hours. The end total score was Jack picked twelve right and I picked ten right. So, so. both both a failing score. Oh no! Wait, I guess I'm like just over, yeah, just over fifty percent. Oh, are you just over fifty percent? Well, twelve out of twenty-three. Yeah, it's good. Uh, okay, so the next one was adapted screenplay and the father one, which I was really happy about. I think this movie was kind of underrated. Like, I didn't hear a lot of people talking about it. Now I just watched it like two days ago, three days, or the day of, I think, even right. Like the morning of. Yeah, of the Oscars, and it is brilliant. It is so well done. It is definitely a movie you should you have to watch. Like you can't be looking at your phones. You can't be distracted because there's a lot that happens exterior exteriorly like peripherally. Mm-hmm. That is it's just fascinating to see how they do it because it is about the ailing like he's has Alzheimer's or dementia. I'm not sure. Anthony Hopkins, who is brilliant. And it's just kind of it kind of films it like you're on like what it would be like for him. Mm-hmm. so like so sometimes exteriors change and anyways then people change and it's so good so I was happy about that one that was a good one okay now we get to this award so at this point we've had people so we've had two awards there they have talked at least five six seven minutes and we're just like oh my god so they do international film feature and this guy Thomas Wittenberg for another round gets up there And he's talking and he's talking and we're all like, oh my God, another long talker, right? Then, ooh, I don't know. Okay. So then he says. If you want, I can can describe enough what. Yeah. So he goes, I don't know how he started it, but he starts saying like how four days into the shoot, his daughter was, his 19 year old daughter was killed in a car accident from somebody who was looking at their phone. And she was supposed to be in the movie. She was a big part of, you know, she read the script and she loved it. She was apparently in Africa or something, probably doing like wonderful things. Yeah, like humanitarian work. And it was, it was just, I think. It was a gut punch is how I would describe it. It was a gut punch. Yet there was something really beautiful about the way he said the whole story and how he said like, you know, he definitely went through a dark period, clearly, because that's at the beginning of his speech. He says, you know, dark period and whatnot. And thank you for my wife to my wife. Um, but I think he's said, like, she would have wanted this movie to be made. Mm-hmm. She she loved this movie. And so, he called it like a love letter to her, to her and, and, and attributed the award to her. Yeah. And so I think it's one of those things in life. Listen, I, I would never want the pain that he probably feels, but I think it shows people that you can go on like you can you can honor people and you can like just keep moving forward. And I and I found his speech and like really endearing and especially at the end when he's talking directly to her and he says, I don't know if you're pulling strings up yeah. there, but uh, this is a miracle. And mm-hmm. he just it was something I don't think any of us expected. And just the moment he started telling the story, you could tell something was coming and it was just so inspirational to hear of him i don't want to say taking it in stride but him using this movie for her yeah and doing uh, like it for almost her. a healing 
process for him, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, yeah. So it was just, um, that kind of, it switched for us, right? You kind of then accept when people have long speeches, it kind of, for me, I was like, you know what? This is their moment. They worked hard. Like it doesn't bother me that much. Like, except when they, again, like I say, named like 50 people. Like if you're going to get up there, like tell me how you got into movies or tell me how you've been dreaming about this or tell me like, mm-hmm. like do something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so next, next one was um, supporting in supporting actor um, and Daniel Cal- uh, Kaluuya. Kaluuya wins and his speech was great it was fine um <laughs> oh come on you get you can't talk about this and not mention how he yeah. talks about his parents having sex and they cut to his mom who's watching it from i think the british film institute yeah with his sister yeah they're sitting next to each other and you could just see that if she was sitting with him she probably would have slapped him upside the head yeah because he just he mentions that his speech is very like I don't know what what it was about him, but he just kept like repeating words. He's like, man, man. Yeah. Like, and he just, it was such an overwhelming experience for him, you could see. But he he had that Oscar scene in Judas and the Black Messiah. He did. He had it. He had that moment. And this was one of those where it reminded me of Green Book in the sense of how do you split up Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali? How do you split up Daniel Kaluuya? And he mentions Lucky Stanfield. He says the gift that is. And... He is one of, I would honestly still want to say one of the most underrated actors. Yeah. Yeah. You feel. And he is just, he is top notch in anything that he does. Like Daniel, you're saying. No. Oh, Lakeith. oh I, I completely agree. I, I chose him. I wanted him to win. I think not between even the two. I mean, I picked him in the whole category. I just thought his performance was just off the charts, like incredible. So, and I just yeah, I just was really, I gravitated more towards his character. Uh, I still think Daniel did a great job. I'm not saying he didn't, but I liked the other guy a little bit mm-hmm. better. Um, so makeup and hairstyling, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. They also won costume design. And then we get to best director, which they just threw that in. Like we were all of a sudden like, they're doing best director. Yeah, it, this definitely in terms of pacing of like the big awards was not i would say not at their best it was just a lot of confusing and this is this was what it says there our seventh the seventh award yes to me it feels a little early especially because we go through and i don't want to say low because all these people are oscar winners but in terms of the big awards is almost knocked over my mic (laughs) the big awards is what we're there for and having one at seven and then having a gap in the middle where us who love the oscars are kind of saying I kind of need a big award. Like, I just yeah. feel like I'm getting these, like... I also don't like, though, when they do all the big awards at the end. Like, I do like them a little more sprinkled in yeah. is the way I would like them. I don't want to see, like, the top five at the very end because then it's like, I might as well just watch the end. But I would I would never do that because everybody deserves whatever to be seen. But For a moment. So, Chloe... Uh, Zhao. Zhao. I was saying Zhao, but I was saying Zhao, Zhao too. I told you to say Zhao. Okay. So, Zhao. It's close out. Now I'm going to say it like the other way. Um, so she won for Nomadland. This speech was perfection. Okay. She gets up there and she asks. Um, oh, she's. Uh, so she. Oh, sorry. Uh, just as a little side note, she was Spike Lee's protege. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So she just. This is like her second or third movie or something. And Spike Lee. Um 
I can't remember now what they said, so I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to get it wrong. But she is Spike Lee's protege, which I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, so, oh, sorry. And then they also, before they announced the winner, they asked all the directors if you could explain what directing was in 20 seconds. I thought this was so incredible because they all had different answers. Like they were all completely different, yet you could you understood all of them. Like they all made sense. Yeah. They all in their own way. And it was just from their point of view. Yeah. And you got it from so many different people from like Thomas Vintenberg to Chloe Zhao. Like it was just such a unique of what their perspective is of directing. Yeah. I just really, I I really loved all of them. Yeah. And not a lot of it was like specifically about the, like making the movies. No, it was more of a feeling and of a, yeah, I don't like know. Atmosphere. Like atmosphere. Yeah. Like there was just so many different elements that we wouldn't see unless you're on the set. So she gets up there, Chloe. Okay. First of all, she looks incredible. She's got her hair French braided that looks like she did it herself. She's wearing a dress with running shoes. I'm into all of this. Like she has no makeup on. I'm like, I love this girl. Clearly brilliant. So she gets up there and she basically just thanks her nomad family. Like, I just want to thank Nomad Land family. I want to thank all of you. Then she says she has a thing from her dad and her used to memorize poems. And so she repeats what her poem was with her dad. And then she starts talking about how like people are born good. Like we are born good. And that she wants us to have more faith and courage to hold on to the goodness we have in ourselves and within other people. Anyways, I'm paraphrasing completely. You should go listen to it if you're interested because her speech is exactly what I would love to see everybody do. Like, you gave me a little antidote. Okay, so thank you, obviously, to all the people that worked on your movie, which she can't name everybody. So just thank you to everybody. Gave me a little antidote and gave me some an- kind of... anecdote. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm so good with words. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it was brilliant. I loved her speech. Mm-hmm. It was probably one of my favorites of the night. Like, just for what I want to see in a speech. Yeah, I, there weren't too many speeches, I, w- I would argue, against yeah. that. Yeah. Then we moved into sound, which was sound uh, of metal. Sound of metal, <laughs> kind of really on the nose. I kind <laughs> of, right. I liked how, like I know before it was 24 awards and it was cut down to 23 this year because they just combined sound editing and sound mixing, which I guess in some years it's good that there was different, but in like, in reality, how many people really know or care about the difference? Yeah. Yeah, not, I, not many. I, I, yeah, I didn't know that, but that's... Uh, so we had a live-action short film, which Two Distant Strangers won, which they were the guys that were dressed um, the same with, yeah. the, with the gold. Black oh, you and, know the Black wine. and gold. So yeah, Trayvon Free was a writer for Any Given Wednesday, which was Bill Simmons' show on HBO. He also wrote for, and I want to... I'm pretty sure it was Samantha B, like okay. Full Frontal. Um, and he was going through the list of people that he was naming and i didn't hear it at the time but there's someone that works for the ringer that was a part of the production in some way van lathan he worked for tmz i'm pretty sure and uh he's telling like he's telling a story because the story is about a man like a black man who just is murdered by a police officer and it's kind of like groundhog day but it's in a short film right and it's uh joey badass and i can't remember who the other the other actor is but it, it is such a a good story and it's such a real story yeah especially very relevant very relevant right now what my favorite part of this though is when they get up on stage and you have the one guy Trayvon is it sorry uh, yeah, Trayvon 
Trayvon is is talking and the other guy beside him he's just happy to be there and he thinks this is gonna just be like oh guys we won and then Trayvon starts like really talking some deep things like and you could see the other guy really had to rein it in like he was like oh okay well, serious. Oh, serious like but you could see his face like he was kind of like smiling and then he was like oh my god I can't stop smiling and you could just see the struggle he was going through then he he had a little like he had like um basically a sentence to say of like thanking and yeah and then he was more jolly like it was more you know like yay thanks you know that kind of thing and there's also two NBA players that were part of like the producing team wow uh, so let me go to animated short film, which I guess this one right because I think it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It was called If Anything Happens to Me, I Love You. And um, it is about a school shooting and um, it's just beautiful. It's really sad. I was going to say heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, sad, everything, but really beautifully done. Uh, animated feature. We had this so locked in. That's why we went back. One of the commercial breaks, we went through the history because the animated feature only goes back to 2001. Which is crazy. Like, the think about the amount. Like, just go back to the 90s of how many awards races and honestly throughout all the years, they're pretty top-notch animated movies. And I went back and I think the last three years I've gotten it right just because it's it's pretty easy once you not I don't want to say easy because it's not easy to predict these but like the one year when Spider-Man won I was like this is no movie could touch this right right and that's the same with Soul this year it is the same with Soul it was one of the it was I would say one of my favorite movies of 2020 like, yeah it not was, just not just animated no it was it was so well done and it was um I think we've talked about it before how the movie ended and we all sat there for like five ten minutes nobody said anything nobody moved we were all just like in our in our heads and our thoughts <laughs> it's, yeah, it it's a really challenge yeah it's a, it's really challenges your thinking and it's really well done it's it's a beautiful movie uh so documentary short was colette uh documentary feature my octopus teacher which is on netflix i want to see it so badly I have to see it. Um, and the clip they show is like the octopus just holds his hand. And I love that. I want to hold an octopus hand. Um, visual effects, Tenant. We haven't seen it, but it's on our list. Yeah. And Christopher Nolan. somewhere You're going on a ride. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. I imagine it's somewhere in the same like rank as Inception where it's kind of going to blow your mind. And obviously the visual effects are a big aspect plus it has john david, david washington. washington who's like my new favorite i love him so then we get to best actress okay we go on, we go on a journey with this one so it's yun jun un right yun uh yes i think yun okay. jun yun so she wins for minari she plays the grandma in minari who is incredible in this movie okay i don't think i think you just said best actress Oh, supporting. supporting. Sorry. Supporting, supporting. Um, so Brad Pitt gives her the award and she loses her mind over him. Like she's just like, where were you when we were filming? And she just just like having a conversation with him. Like she, she just wanted to talk to him. She didn't want to give a speech. No. She's and like, then she kind of goes on this whole rant about watching TV with the Oscars. I don't even know. And then she starts saying it's hard that we're comparing like Glenn Close and me and she's like you know I think we all did great it's like you know it's hard to compare I just think I was luckier tonight <laughs> and everybody just dies laughing like she's just like I don't know I just think I'm just luckier than you tonight and then she ends with um 
her sons, like thanking her sons and saying like, you guys wanted me to work. Well, this is like I'm out there working or it was just funny. She was really, really funny. And it was a nice kind of in that moment where you're kind of feeling a bit of a lull. She kind of brought it back up again. Right. Mm -hmm. So then Mank goes on a Mank goes on a winning bit of a winning spree. They win um, production design, cinematography, original score, Film editing was Sound of Metal. Then in the middle of all this, we have the Humanitarian Award, which is Tyler Perry. His speech was incredible. Like, it was so amazing. Um, We did not... I I only know Tyler Perry from, like, his Medina movies, and I know he does humanitarian work. I couldn't believe how much he did, though. Like, it was unbelievable what he does for the world. Um, And so we look it up. We're like, I wonder what his net worth is. And he is worth a billion dollars. I'm like, how? What does he do? So his speech was really incredible. And I think he's a good role model to have out in the world for sure. Yeah, because it wasn't about attacking. He just kept saying, I don't hate anybody because they're this. I don't hate anybody. And he brings up police officers and he just says, come with me to stop hate. Yeah. Like we just, that's all it is. Like it's so simple. That's why it's so frustrating that (laughs) it's just the world can't be nicer. It's just frustrating. I feel like it's so easy. Yeah. Uh, so original song, uh, her, which do you know what it stands for? Um, Hey, everybody. Rawr. <laughs> Good one. It's having everything revealed. Hmm. So her name is Gabriella and she won, uh, original song. So that was good. I picked her. So then we get to the top three. For some reason they do best picture, which you and I were so confused because we were like, did we miss the best actor and actress? Because that's always best picture is the last. It's award. how you it's how you end the night. Yeah. Anyways, they didn't do it that way, which is teach his own best picture. No Madland wins. Which and it didn't feel like it was going to. Because no, I feel like it Mank, didn't. Mank was on a Mank was on a thing. Especially because the way Nomadland was shot, I'm just shocked it didn't win cinematography. That to me, I would say, is the biggest snub of the right. night. Not nothing against Mank. I just think Nomadland was just beautiful. Yeah, it was because it was so like just the outside and it wasn't a it wasn't a product like it wasn't um like a scene built. It yeah. was it was actual earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, um, and then Francis McDormand once for um Nomadland who. Anytime this lady wins, I am down for it because you never know what's going to come out of her mouth. She just gets up there, leans on the thing, like just to just, you and know? It's, it wasn't a long speech and it yeah. was just kind of like, I don't even honestly don't really remember what she said, but it was um, just so like short, choppy and she's like, thank you. I think it was it was like this weird thing where she did not sorry I shouldn't say weird and it's not in a bad way at all because I love her she says it more like something like we're swords and then oh first she says we should have a karaoke band oh yeah because because Carrie Mulligan is yeah Leslie Odom Jr. and then Carrie Mulligan is married to the Mumford and son's guy like Marcus Mumford the main guy so she's like we should have a a karaoke band uh, I guess within that within the space yeah and then she kind of goes on this like she reads like it's almost like a sounds like it could be a poem and then she's like we're swords and she says something like yeah i don't even know what she says but her last line is but i love i love to work or i love my work or whatever and then we end with best actor which reading today people are very angry that chadwick didn't win and i have a hard time with this because i don't think I don't think there should be a preconceived 
because he has passed away, he deserves it. You know, like I don't think that's the way awards should be given. No. And if they feel that Anthony Hopkins was the deserved winner, who he was, he was incredible. I've seen both of their, their perform. I saw all of the performances. I do think Anthony Hopkins delivered more of a, 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 re- a well-rounded I would say I'm not saying Chadwick wasn't fantastic. I actually told you I liked him in The Five Bloods better. Mm-hmm. I thought his performance in that was was a little bit better. Um, I don't think we should ever hate on somebody because they won an award. <laughs> like no, like you shouldn't be saying out in the media Chadwick should have won. Like yeah, I I understand if that's what you believe, but it's like you're making this 82 year old man feel like shit. So he released something today. Saying um, from it, like he was like, hi, like I was sleeping or whatever. I'm just I'm 82 years old living in Wales, wh- whatever. And then he does go into Chadwick. Like he kind of just says like he mentions him of just what a brilliant job he did. Because I think he was like probably like, oh, crap. Like people are going to think that I, I don't care about this or. Yeah, um, like he just. Well, there was so much hate. So I think he wanted to kind of address it like. He was brilliant in that movie, and I, I'm sorry he didn't win. Like, I don't have any... He doesn't have any control over it. I was going to say, that, that's the number one thing, is he's not picking. Yeah. Which was also the weird... Because I, for this award, picked Riz Ahmed, because oh, I just... Oh, God, he was so good. Yeah. Especially because it won the award it deserved, which was sound. And I just think he did a good job of, like, having to learn from his experiences and having to be a drummer that can't hear. Like, it was just so fascinating. Chadwick was amazing. He is always going to be with us. Like, it's yes. not... Like, watching him, because we were watching Civil War, mm-hmm. like, seeing him again, it's not... Obviously, I'm sad because I miss him, but I just... I love that we get... We still... We have a, pieces of him Yeah, still. he's never going to be gone. Like, you can go and turn on 42. You can watch Draft Day. Like, there's so much... I know, I just picked two sports movies, but you could pick <laughs> yeah. so much that he's in and a part of that he'll just kind of always be with us. Yeah, he's left his art behind. He's left his mark on Hollywood. And um, and thank goodness for that because he's he was great. So really quickly, best dress of the night for me. So I think Carrie Mulligan looked beautiful. She had a gold Valentino dress. I think Vanessa Kirby was uh, looked so beautiful. She's wearing a Gucci pale pink. I thought she looked so beautiful. But definitely the winner of the night is Zendaya. She was in a Valentino gown that was yellow. She that woman is so stunningly beautiful and just what she. I just love her style. I love. What she picks to put on her body is always like top notch, brilliant. So I'm surprised her, her in the John David Washington movie. I'm surprised that wasn't oh, any. Me too. That one was. Um, it was a great movie. It was very intriguing and very different than anything that's really been out there before. And I think it really showed her acting chops. You know, so she's really making a good mark for herself. She's going to be around. And she's gotten to expand from a Disney star to, I mean, she's still in Spider-Man, but she also is becoming, growing into her own woman. Yeah. And I think that she's making really smart choices in her career. And I think she's shown that it can be done, that you don't have to be a hot mess, you Mm. know, like you can do it in a very respectable way transition over if everyone else can't like I know people had a hard time with Malcolm Emery and she was like I'm 25 like I'm a woman <laughs> like, like everybody you, you get over get, it you can't get upset with me that I, I'm growing up yeah exactly she's just like okay everybody whatever I'm gonna say my one complaint of mm-hmm. this and it's funny enough that Steven Soderbergh was a co-producer of this mm-hmm. I, I love how it was filmed I have no problem with that it was 
the end because going into the award show the people that put the show together i assume they know who wins right like that has uh, to be part of it not the people that put on the show there's three people that know who win there's three people that count it or whatever and they have it so like steven soderbergh wouldn't have known who won i just or think, the directors like no one like that knows i just and then i think it comes back to having a traditional show where if you just put best, best picture last our last award of the night wouldn't have just been Joaquin Phoenix accepting it or for the, Anthony Hopkins. It was just it was such an awkward way to end the show. Yeah, no, I fully agree. And I think when you end on Best Picture, usually the stage is full of people. Yeah, and it's just good night, everybody. And it's kind of yeah, like I I do. It's an easy way to end it of just like Joaquin Phoenix. All right, bye. And then it's just Quest Love. Go on. Thank you Thanks for, for like even you could tell it was just it was an awkward way to end the night. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't know why they did that. Curious to know if they, you know, when they listen to this podcast, yes. they could let us know. For sure. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode six, the finale. Apparently, it says season finale. There is a Captain America 4 in the works with Anthony Mackie. This is this was a major episode. I probably should have said spoiler alert before saying Captain America 4 with Anthony Mackie, but... You know. I feel like it's easy to say off the top that the show ends and begins and ends with Sam becoming Captain America and this new show, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. That's my only gripe is that they he is not the Winter Soldier anymore. No, he is fully retired that at this point. Yeah, it should be the White Wolf. Like, I don't know why they because at the end they change it to Captain America and Winter Soldier. And that was my only gripe with it. Unless maybe, and this is what my girlfriend said, that maybe if they do a season two, it's Bucky fully becoming the White Wolf. And maybe, you know what? that'll be the focus. Yeah. I honestly think if they don't do a season two, I think Bucky could be a part of the show that's going to be like in Wakanda. Oh, okay. So then maybe then he becomes the White Wolf. It just, it has to happen at some point because calling him the Winter Soldier, it's just not who he is anymore. No, he's, he's made amends. This did, my first thought was it felt like a six-hour Marvel movie in the sense of, like, how the story was told. And I wish they had gone a little bit differently because it was a TV show. But overall, obviously, six episodes, and it was great. It was um, it was one of my favorite things that I've watched in a really long time. It really, um, the week-to-week is challenging, you know? Like, I think um, I have a friend who waits till the last episode so then watches everything on like that friday or thursday friday and then watches the like finale or whatever interesting i know i'm like i'm kind of down for that <laughs> but the week but then it kind of gives you a week to process and i rewatch it and it does it has its appeals too. have some theories i just think because all pretty much all the shows we have now are on demand and you just binge watch them i think because we go back to even the mandalorian wandavision like it's just nice to have something week to week and it's the water cooler talk right yeah i like it we never really have anymore no but still uh, so this episode opens and I'm going to say I think I cried or at least teared up twice in this episode. The first time I watched twice? it. Twice? Oh my God. I think I cried through the entire thing. And it's um, them setting up this plan because we're, we're heading right into the action. And oh yeah. There's no, there's no, like, there's no, like we're not easing into anything. No, we build in and it's um, Sharon who we get a nice call back to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. She's wearing the like kind of mask thing that Natasha's wearing then talks to Bucky and you can just hear Sam. They're talking about this plan and oh, it's happening now. We're 
picking up from the GRC vote and the Flag Smashers are kind of taking over the building. And the first time we get to see Sam in the new the new suit, very comics accurate. Yes. And it was just, it was incredible. Well, I like the way it was done too because he threw the shield through the window. He flew in and then when he stood up, you saw it. Like the way they did it was brilliant because it's like the big reveal as opposed to just him getting off an elevator and you're like, oh, there he is. Like yeah. it was dramatic, right? Yeah. And that's the way it should be. It should be, it should be a thing. Yeah. And he's still, I guess in this moment, I guess he's still the Falcon. He does, someone says, who are you? And he goes, I'm Captain America. And I just, I love that they keep bringing this joke back of like, I thought he was on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Like I just like, because that's what the real world would be like. People would have these conspiracy theories of like, oh, he's on this lake. He's on an ocean. He's, he's flying around. Like it would just, and I just love that so many people are just going to stick to that theory that he's on the moon. Yeah, I love it. Um, so he has the new new suit, Vibranium, from the uh, Wakandans. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's got a lot of like white detail in it. Yes. Also, the smallest detail of him having two wings instead of Steve's three. It's also the suit is not a copy, but it's very similar to Steve's suit in the Winter Soldier. Yes. And the two wings are supposed to represent a, and I still forget it, it's an Air Force, um, not rotation, formation. Okay. That is supposed to honor fallen soldiers. Nice. And I'm still putting it out there that I don't think Steve is actually dead. I think he's gone into hiding, similar to like Odin and Thor Ragnarok. I think he's still out there somewhere, but he's just going to peacefully live out his days. Right, right. Yes. All right. Uh, So Carly has a phone call with Bucky. Yes. And really, and one of like clearly, Carly doesn't know anything because she says to Bucky, "Have you fought for anything bigger than yourself?" Right. And I know I think a big part of this Carly arc is that she's gone fully insane at this point. Fully. And she says she's so in it that she can't realize like how in it she is or whatever. She can't she can't see any rationale. Like she's so in. And so passionate about what she believes that she will not listen to anything. No. And she says to Bucky, if you ever fought for anything bigger than yourself to the guy that fought in World War II, fell off a train and then fought Thanos. Yes. Yeah. Bigger than yourself. A little bit. Just sometimes. (laughs) Um, Also. So, yeah. Carly going truly insane that she's ready to die and kill people with ease. Like there is no hesitation in her mind. The only hesitation comes from. The people she's with. Yeah. And she tries to do the chant, one world, yeah. one people. And they're just kind of looking at each other like, are, are we sure? We- yeah. Like, is this really what we're about? Like, yeah. And then uh, they do eventually do one world, one people. But I'm surprised in that moment. I guess she's just so clouded that she doesn't see. Yeah. That people are starting doesn't. to not believe in her. No, she's too in it. Sam takes out a helicopter. Oh, the helicopter scene, you guys. Incredible. Like he, I, my favorite part of his Red Wing comes back, yeah. which we're very excited. We're like, Red Wing. And he says, Red Wing, go see if anyone can fly this chopper. And so there is a woman in there that can. So um, he's got it, you know, he texts her or whatever and says, like, put on your earphones. And then they have this whole thing, like, in five seconds, get ready. Mm-hmm. So he takes out the the guy who's been shooting at him the whole time and he's like dodging it and it's a whole it's, a it's whole also lot. when they first get into the helicopter, he's like, All right, I'm taking them now. Yeah. And you're like, wait, does <laughs> no one else hear that? He's talking into his wrist, you guys. <laughs> no, or it was on his phone, phone or something. But still but he's still. talking into like a separate device when he's wearing like a helicopter yeah. headset with a microphone. Yeah. Um 
There's so, some great scenes. Sorry, but I didn't mean to interrupt. But when he's flying and his wings are hitting the water and like it just was so beautifully shot. Like it was really fun to watch for mm-hmm. sure. And the whole action scene with the helicopters and then he saves the one helicopter guys like he's yeah he saves them and puts them on whatever bridge like they were a bridge on. and in such a cool way protects them with the vibranium uh, wings which are a lot bigger than yeah. the ones he had before so he can fully cover himself he puts the shield on top and protects him and one of the helicopter pilots yeah so it's really cool and then he stands up and doesn't somebody say then uh no i think that's later. oh okay but okay. even in that helicopter when he's sa- with the woman they're saving together he's like all right we're gonna count down from five and you're gonna take over the controls and i think she started counting to five <laughs> after the guy got knocked out of the helicopter yeah, yeah. because helicopter no pilot for no. like a few seconds yeah and she was really taking her time getting we're like can you like he told you what was gonna happen like move <laughs> we're both like what is happening like move your butt get up there right yeah yeah we were, it was just one of those things that we found funny we were like let me tell you i would be like sp- like i would be ready to go like i'm in sprinting position Tell Cap- me. Captain America is going to take this guy out. Yeah. I'm going to help gonna... save the day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We also got the... Uh, so Sharon and Bucky are kind of down below. The uh, rest of the GRC are t- getting taken away in like police convoys. Yeah. Uh, Sharon kills the guy with like mercury vapor or something. Yeah, I don't know. Some acid crap on his face. She Pretty really takes him out. Gruesome. Yeah, it was. Um, and then Bucky takes a motorcycle and yes. decides to chase them down. And honestly, one of the cooler Marvel, I know they do a lot even with motorcycles, Bucky uses because the Flag Smashers push barricades to stop people from like catching up. Yeah. And Bucky uses his motorcycle, uses the momentum to launch himself at the Flag Smashers. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. So then they're, then they're fighting. And Bucky is having a hard time. There's like six of them. He then they light one of the the trucks on fire. So he's like trying to do this all by himself. And then we hear Morgenthau. <laughs> That's pretty that was pretty good. That was actually really good. And you knew he was coming back. You knew he was coming back. Post credit scene, episode five. He goes he's on making his shield. Five minute, five minute uh, arts and crafts, and puts together his shield. And we knew John Walker comes back and. This was a good episode. Again, Wyatt Russell, just to me, besides Anthony Mackie and Smash and Sand, I think they're a great duo. Yeah. It was my favorite part of the show because it's such a conflicted character and you know he wants to do right. But especially with the serum, it's just yeah. in, in that in that exact moment, he's just there to kill Carly pretty much. Yeah. And they have this conversation, which I loved. I don't think you heard it when I said it the first time, but... Uh, Carly's like, I didn't mean to kill no. him. His his I don't want to kill people that don't matter. Yeah. And I'm like, they had yes. to they had to write that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because he just goes, Lamar's life didn't matter. Yeah. And I like said it quietly, but I'm like, oh man, Carly's racist. <laughs> Carly doesn't think But that's the funny thing is kind of the flag smashers kind of have similar, like some similarities to like all lives matter. Mm. Like just the one world, right. one people. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. And it was just, I'm like, it's someone, I want to hear someone say, we wrote that on purpose. Right, right. Because like his life didn't matter. It's black. Like yeah, it just kind of, right. it all connected and it showed how Carly, and she said it when in, in that conversation with Sam in one of the earlier episodes that, oh, those people were in my way. I'll kill them again. Yeah. Like she just has lost her remorse. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. She's off the deep end. 
Uh, so then the trucks go like dangling. That's the next part I have. You too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So one of the trucks is like it's dangling. She Carly goes and she drives it over into this like a construction thing. And Bucky's at the bottom of it fighting one of the guys, one of the flag smashers. And this this um, truck full of these people, like all the senators and stuff, is just dangling there. And all of a sudden, John Walker's like, got it. Like, he, I was going to say, because he has his moment of, am I going to revenge or avenge? Yes. And he just, he decides saving the people. He throws and, his, his shield, which his, is his destroyed. aluminum, whatever. <laughs> Basically, paper <laughs> yeah, shield. Paper to, mache. To super soldiers. <laughs> and so he, and he's holding it, but he's fighting off all the flag smashers that are coming after him, too. So he's trying to hold this truck, this armored truck. And I mean, I know he's got the super serum, but like there's only so much you can do with these like people. So he ends up kind of like letting go of the truck and we're worried. And Bucky's on the bottom like, I don't know what to do. Like, Especially because Walker and the Flag Smashers that all fall through the construction sites. They're all at the bottom just kind of looking up at watching this. Watching at this truck. And you're just ready for it to come down. And you just see it stop. Yeah. And in a moment, you're just kind of like, this. it has to be who I think it is. It has to be. And it had to be Sam. It had to be. Because I'm like, where is he? He's already saved the helicopter. Like, get over here now. Like, that's where you're needed. So you see him using his, you know, using his power. He doesn't have super serum, you that's, guys. That's what he I, doesn't I, have it. I wrote it down that Sam is more than the serum. Obviously, he has wings to help him. But he, in that moment before he gets Red Wing and I guess Red Wing 2, like there's two of right, them. Right, there is, yeah. Before he uses them to fully push it up, it's just him. Yeah. Like, obviously flying, but it's just his yeah, strength. Yeah, he's using that, the, the, the jets or yeah. whatever, not jets, but whatever that, yeah, yeah whatever helps him fly. He's yeah. using that. But then uh, he pushes it up and it's just a moment where even John Walker looks at him and just kind of goes, I guess that, that should be Captain America. Yes. Yeah. So he gets them to safety. And then... Sorry, that's the moment where someone goes, that's the Black yes. Falcon. And they go, no, that's, that's Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah. That, it was such a powerful line because so many people will call him Black Falcon and that's how everyone would see him. But in that moment, especially in that little interaction, it's just someone going, no, that's not a Black Falcon. Yeah. That's Captain America. Yeah. And it's not Black Captain America. It's, it's Captain America. It's just Captain America, everybody. It's that's his title. It. So then they all kind of disperse and then there's like a running, we're chasing, we're running scene. And they split off into two, which also, um, I think it was Carly throws something at Bucky and he catches it yeah. like with his arm and someone brought up that it looked exactly like, um, uh, like the beginning ish of infinity war in the like subway station where the like aliens throw it and Steve catches it. Okay. Very small parallel, but wow. as they're, as they're running off, they split up. And Walker goes one way and, and Bucky just goes, I got it. And basically has to go babysit Walker. For sure. Yes. Yes, you do. All right. Um, do we say it? Yeah, I think we could say it because so this it's something is we've huge, expected. Is, this is a huge spoiler, though. So if you've listened up to now, but you haven't seen the episode, definitely know that there is a huge spoiler about to happen. Because we have a face off and it's it, it's such it's such a great I didn't write this down, but it's such a great sequence of. Oh, it's like everyone's uh, going everywhere. I, I, I was like, so and so shoot so and so, but, but not oh, even, as oh. they're as they're chasing yeah, each other, yeah. it's like who's going this way, who's going that way? Okay, yeah. this person's gonna run into this person because you see basically everybody. Yeah, and it's in this like warehouse kind of. 
place with lots of pipes and you know they're showing all scenes of like everybody's there but nobody's together yet so you're like who's gonna meet up right yeah and they even bring which i think we didn't mention but Batroc, who's yes. george st pierre comes back in the beginning of the episode but sam has bigger and better things to do so yeah, that's like to, a little fight scene and yeah. then it's like Mah. so they bring him back it's carly it's, it's sam and you assume at that point because of how they kind of put it together is okay so walker and bucky are trying to find the other flag smashers yes and carly faces down with sharon and it's basically as soon as she starts talking you're like okay you can see where this is going yeah and it's something you've been everyone has been theorizing my girlfriend was right from the start so i will give her credit for that because sharon is the power broker she is the power broker and it's i like that carly's the one that says it yeah although just so she doesn't because sharon in that moment you think okay well she's on sam's side she should either like shoot her apprehend her or something she starts talking like you should just come back to Madripoor. like you remind me of me like we we should we can work together and carly's yeah. like you just want me because we're your muscle. muscle yeah yeah i know it was like i i am so conflicted because i love her character well i also really like her because she's also from ontario and i think that's pretty cool emily mm-hmm. van camp so i've always loved her acting like i watched the resident that she's in i watched the revenge like i i'm a big fan of hers so i was like oh i'm kind of sad that she's the bad guy but she's such a good bad guy that i'm like that's pretty cool mm-hmm. it's pretty cool and Batroc shows up and goes, oh, you're, oh, you're the, power the power broker. broker. Yeah. And she just goes, I'm, I don't like, um, what is it? I don't, I don't like blackmail. She shoots Batroc and yeah. Carly shoots her. Carly shoots her about the stomach, I would say. Like, yeah, about there. And Probably then, avoiding some major organs. Yeah. And then Sam shows up. And it's a Sam and Carly showdown in which Sam doesn't want to fight her. He doesn't want to fight her. And it's just... Annoying. Yeah, because he he believes that she could be good and she he, can be saved, and, and if, she can't. It believe and he believes it to a fault, and he does. This fight is a showdown, and she knocks him down. Get up! Like she's yelling fight at him, back. fight like, me! Like and, she's so mad, and he just he can't. And in the moment where Carly picks up her gun again, and Sam doesn't have a shield, he doesn't have protection. Although I think the wings probably could have protected him. Yeah, and it's and, a, is she, and isn't his suit made of? Uh, Vibranium, probably. Yeah, probably. Probably uh, some. Probably pr- a bit like just in the major organ area. Yeah, some protection, and they do. And I feel like it's a trope in a lot of like anything action where you hear the gunshot, but it takes a second. Who actually got shot? Who got shot? And yeah. it was Carly. It was Carly by Sharon. Yeah. When I wrote it down, I literally went, "Okay, Sharon is the power broker. Sharon shoots Batroc. What's his yeah, name? Batroc. Carly shoots Sharon." Carly and Sam fight. Then Sharon shoots Carly. Like it's like this whole scene of like just people are fighting and shooting. Shoot, yeah, and there's, like there's, a, there's a lot going on. And yeah. Carly just kind of goes like, "I'm sorry," and because she knows Sam believed in her. Yeah. And yeah. it just she couldn't be saved. No. And so she dies, and then he brings her body to where everybody is, all the senators and whatnot, and they put her on a, a like a gurney. <clears throat> but the way he lands with her is very so angelic, right? Yeah, that was the only part. It, it was a little corny. Oh, like, it kind of felt yeah. like he was coming down from a wire. It, it, like, looked like the production of it was a okay. little... Yeah, I didn't mind it. But um, Also, then... you forgot Walker and Bucky are chasing down the Flag Smashers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Flag Smashers use this app to communicate with each other. And they, well, the Flag Smashers get a message. They're like, meet us here in this corner. And Walker comes out, and I didn't write down the quote, but he quotes Abraham oh, Lincoln. Does. And Bucky immediately, like, after they kind of, the police show up and arrest them, and he's just like, really? He's like, what? Great man. Which I loved because 
Walker and Abraham Lincoln, if you really break it down, are very similar. Right. Everyone thinks of them as heroes, but they're quite flawed. Like mm-hmm. they're they're not perfect by any means. And if anyone thinks Abraham Lincoln was perfect, I think you should look at the last like few years of his presidency. Yeah, yeah. Like it is not perfect, and Walker's no. not perfect, but it makes sense that he would quote him. Right, right. That's good. Yeah. No, and then he was like, "Wow, that app is great." Bucky's like, "Wow, that is a good app." Or like he just makes light of it. Like we just got all of you guys like like, nice try but i also think in that moment those flag smashers like what were they really fighting for yeah i think they were like oh my god this is getting a little out of control so sam then has that big speech to everybody and the senators with the it's it's televised so we get to see everybody watching like his sister and isaiah and uh, eli like yeah and just really i think what i love most about the speech there isn't ever going to be a perfect answer there isn't going to be a perfect way to run the world where every single person is going to be happy but there has to be more of so what i liked about the conversation is sam was saying like you know, that's not going to work. And the senator kind of pushed back going like, oh, okay. You, you don't, oh, I was going to say, because at one point he goes like, you don't understand this. And he's like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. But I don't need to. No. And then he says something like, so the people that like when they came back after it's the blip, right? We yeah. call it not the poof. I always call it the poof. So the blip and someone else is living in their home. What are they homeless now? Like there, it, it isn't an, it isn't a easy decision. No. And it's not a straight right answer. No. So but he is Sam is very like, I think we can do better, though. Right. And I I liked it because I think sometimes we tend to say like these senators are just wrong. But I feel like most of them are probably doing the best they can. And it's hard to please the masses. It's, mm-hmm. it's a hard job. And I think they did that really well of representing kind of both sides. So I was really happy with that whole speech. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. And Sam, when he talks about, I'm a black man in America wearing the stars and stripes, just putting this on, millions of people aren't going to like it or they aren't going to respect it. And you get to see, you get to see Sarah's reaction as sister. You get to see Isaiah's reaction of, okay, I I said no one can do this, but he sees this moment. And for me, when they show Bucky and Walker, again, that's Walker's moment of like, Oh, he he's doing a lot. He's doing better for the world than I can. He yeah. is more of what Captain America should be. You definitely see his face of like, oh, okay. This isn't who this I isn't, am. No, that's it's not my role. And even Bucky smile. You can just see that moment of this is a speech you would hear from Steve. Yeah. Where he's calling out everybody, mm-hmm. and he's you have to hold everybody accountable. Yes. And I like, so at the end, so we have this incredible speech and it's like, it's so like, it just, you know, really gets you and it gets you thinking. And then he walks over to Bucky and he's like, sorry, I only caught the last little bit of you being a black man. And I heard black man stars and stripes. stripes. I I was texting. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. So I like when they just throw the humor in because then we got to change the tone. It can't be like, let's serious, serious all the time. Let's throw in some funny lines. Yeah, because even Bucky calls him Cap. Sharon calls him Cap. It's just something that immediately felt natural. Yes, for sure. Um, I guess after... Oh, so then the Flag Smashers yes. are getting taken away. And it's it's a pretty good moment because as they're getting put away, one of the officers that's putting them away says, one world, one people. Yeah. Meaning Carly isn't completely wrong that she dies and this cause lives on. For sure. She said there's enough people that believe in this cause. And as they're driving away, it, it poofs. It, it, it blows. It blows up. And it was a moment where they show the person and 
unless you were like watching all these episodes consecutively, I didn't remember who I it was. I didn't remember who it was. And then people brought up, okay, that's Zemo's butler. Yes. From the airplane. Yes. And it, I think they did a good job. And I think Marvel does a good job of delivering news. Like, and Bucky, or Bucky, Zemo is in prison. He's yes. reading and he just hears on the radio, uh, four Plus flag smashers were blown up. Yeah. And he just, he lays down, he's smiling because that's all he wanted. Yeah. That's all he wants. He doesn't want super soldiers, right? Um, then we have Walker and his wife and Val. Yep. Julia Louis-Dreyfus making her appearance again. And he's putting on his suit. And a few seconds before I go, it's U.S. agent. That's who it's going to be. Right. And he's like, oh, it's the same outfit, but black. Mm-hmm. And she just goes like, yeah, there's like so much going on that like we're not going to need a Captain cap- America. We're going to need a U.S. agent. Yes. Which U.S. agent John Walker is like the comic book villain that he becomes, which... I think at this point it's still ambiguous of he's it's not a villain, villain, but I think there's going to be something. To me, my head would tell me it's something with his wife. Right. That right. would really send him off the edge because with Lamar, that's what sent him off the edge then. Yes. I think his wife is the only thing that's really holding holding him in any accountable place. Yeah. I got to say, Julie Lou Jarvis is probably in for three minutes and it was one of my favorite parts. Like she is so good in this role. I want to see more of her. She's so cocky and confident and like, like annoyed. Like she's like, what is taking so long when he's putting on the thing? And and the way she said, like, things are about to get weird and we're not going to need a Captain America. Like the way she delivers, like she's she's great. Even before walker comes out she goes like oh it looks like zemo's getting the last laugh i didn't plan that or did i and he just he just plays but on then this back she's and like forth. i didn't or did i oh maybe like she just keeps going with it right and she's so good and also i liked that it was he becomes u.s agent in the same place where he was stripped of being captain america yes. yeah very what do they call that symbolic uh, yeah full circle i don't yeah something like that uh then we have bucky that's what I have next. You. Yep, Bucky telling Yori about his son and what so, really happened. I'm going to say I think they could have done this scene a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree. Okay. So, like, he says it, and it, very hard for him. Like, we've seen him. He wants to tell him this and that he murdered his son and, you know, it was the Winter Soldier that did it. And then it kind of just, like, we... He's leaving the apartment. I don't feel like we got... We a... didn't get that actual moment. Yeah, like, I just feel like that scene was a bit lacking for me. Like, yeah. I feel like it could have been... I, I wish the guy, whatever his reaction was going to be, I wish we had gotten more of it. Whether he was mad or if he was like, okay, I forgive you or... Like, give me something. I think because after we do get Bucky walking past the bar and he's there and he's drinking with the girl that, like, Bucky went on a date with... I, I think Yori, I don't want to, I hope I didn't get that wrong. That's right. just what I wrote down, that he didn't forgive Bucky. That's right. how I took it. Is yeah. He didn't forgive him, but he has closure now. Right, right. And his yeah. closure is also pushing Bucky away, that we can't be friends anymore, that you did this, no matter if you were in control or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's, that is true. I guess they gave us that. But I just, I felt like the scene was a little bit lacking for me. Um, and then he gives his therapist, his therapist walks in who I thought she was brilliant. And, um, in the bag is, is the book and all of his people that he had to make amends with and they are all crossed off. And he said, you know, I finished the book. Thank you, doc. Yeah. So I wish that is the moment I wish they put white wolf, but I also agree with you. 
you can't have both of them start at one point and then they're both changing yeah, in and, one season. Yeah. So, but I just thought that would have been a good moment to kind of put like from the white wolf, but whatever, mm-hmm. that's fine. Uh, Sam brings Isaiah. They have this yeah. nice little conversation in which I, I, when we rewatched it together, you brought up, like, I love how Isaiah moves this plant, this like pretty big plant. Oh, it's like a huge, like tree thing. Like with ease. Like Which was, I thought was so, like, it was just a simple moment. But if you, you know, you can tell he has super, most most people wouldn't be able to move that with one hand or even two would be like. Or like, <laughs> or like he's having a conversation and it feels like he, he isn't lifting anything. It feels like he's moving like a glass. Like he's just like, and I'm just moving this over here. So, yeah. So Sam takes Isaiah and Eli or Elijah. I don't know what we're calling him yet. Um, to the Captain America Museum. And you're walking through it and you're kind of like thinking, okay, why would you bring him here? What there has to be. He did something. There has to be something. He walks into this room and this was watching it the first time. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you didn't get teary, it'd be hard because the actor who plays Isaiah Bradley does such a good job of he's so overwhelmed because Sam has put together or he didn't put it together, but he put it in motion to have a statue of Isaiah Bradley, his story. And even the first line you could see is an American hero. Yeah. Or was an American hero, I guess, because he still wants to be dead. presumed dead, right? Or, yeah. And he gets to show his grandson, like, what, this Mm -hmm. is is the person he was. And he just walks up to Sam and he's just like, thank you. And Sam says something along the lines of, like, they're going, like, they're always going to remember you now. Yeah. He's played by, um, I can't remember, it's Lumby is his last name, but it's Carl Lumby or Rumby, something along those lines. Sorry, I don't have it written down, but, and he was in the show Alias that I watched, and he was, Jennifer Garner played played Sidney Bristow. They were agents together, like they were partners. Mm-hmm. So I know, I didn't know that's who it was until I looked it up, um, but he's a really great actor, and he did a really good job in this. And that moment of just like, because you could see it evolves. Like he shakes Sam's hand, so like, thank you, and then he hugs him because he just he's so overwhelmed by that moment. Yeah, yeah. and it's good. He did he did right by him for sure. Uh, so then we go to New Orleans. Bucky gets invited to the cookout. Everybody makes that joke on TikTok, but he did. He's so cute in this. Oh my god, he's- I cried even in this because. He's so happy. And just all of the stress of the world. And like Sam said, if you want to get out of this hell, you got to do the work. And he did. Although we didn't see it. I don't think we needed to see it. No, I don't think so. I think that was a smart choice of like, we don't need to see him like apologizing and writing all of his wrongs. But he shows up and he just could not be happier. He's running around. He's playing with the kids. He's like fake fighting them. And like kids are hanging off his arm as he's just talking to people. Like you could just see the stress and all like it's just. He just just seemed like a regular guy at a cookout. And, you know, because he was always so serious and he was always so. And that really showed his arc of a character that he had. He had done the work and he was he was good and he has his friends and he's, you know, playing around with the kids. And also, I think one of the things and I don't know if they did this on purpose, but as Sam and Bucky look out in the distance, mm-hmm. you can kind of see something flying, which to me brings up one of my complaints of this. Actually, I'll save it for after. But I don't know. For me, I have to assume that's Torres. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Because they show him during the speech, too. He's listening to Sam's speech. Yes. And he was also in the Air Force, so I imagine he was the one flying there. Right, And right. he's, like, kind of trying to learn the ropes. Yes, yeah. Um, and the last scene of the movie, or the show, I have Sharon. 
No? Uh, that's a post credit. Oh, is it? So that oh, okay. is how it Sorry. ends, and then uh, and then the new title comes up: Captain yes. America and the Winter Which Soldier. Which made me cry. Like I'm yeah. literally cried the last like ten minutes of the show. Like it, just it was straight. It was an emotional moment. Yeah, it was. Especially when they changed it for me for yeah. being like Sam. Like always, just seemed like. Well, Sam's always been your favorite. Falcon's yeah. always been your favorite, and even like going back to Ant Man, he is such a good. Ant- I think it's also comes back to I love Anthony Mackie. Yes, and yeah. I just love his portrayal of this character. He's so funny phenomenal so phenomenal uh so yeah post credit scene we see sharon she's getting fully pardoned and getting a job back in her own department and as she's walking out she's got that smile you guys you know very it's, devious it's that smile that you're like she's up to no good and then she gets on the phone this is this is another i brought up this prediction earlier in the season when she's talking to uh or when we we're talking about who the power broker could be and she's on the phone like uh, lineup buyers we're about to get government secrets and all all sorts of stuff to me i just i hope that it would be sam rockwell's character coming back because he mm-hmm. didn't die and he was always he compared himself to tony stark he's a weapons dealer i just think if you're gonna bring back a character i feel like he would be great for that right right and she would know how to get all these guys like she'll know especially when she's in in back in her job they probably have all this intel so she's gonna be able to get to those those people right yeah and this is i'm assuming has to set up armor wars which is going to be the show with war machine okay like don Cheadle's character i i don't like i I just feel like maybe they'll take a little bit of time to kind of build up like her stealing little secrets but then eventually her and whoever she's working with are going to have to take a big swing and that's when i imagine war machine and that show would come in yeah yeah that's all I have for it. It was it was so great. Like I'm just like I'm just gonna always have that in the docket. I'll just restart it. Six. I just think of it as a really long Marvel movie. Yeah, it is six hour Marvel movie. I also like how because of and it made me think when we were watching Civil War, because Tony signed the Sokovia Accords and gave away a lot of his technology. There's a lot more probably locked away that Sharon could find. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. She's going to be dangerous, which is kind of fun. I kind of like that. It's, oh, for sure. Like, it, I think it is kind of fun that it's like her and it's going to be pretty kick. Because I said to you, um, like, we try not to talk about it, but I did say to you, like, it is interesting because, you know, when we we're watching Civil War the other day and we we're saying in, in the funeral scene and she's like, it was hard to live up to my aunt. Yeah. Yeah. And Peggy. Yeah. And I was always in the shadow or, you know, whatnot. So I think it's an interesting character because because Aunt Peggy was so like she was the founder of S.H.I.E.L.D. and she was just like everything perfect. Yes. And I I like now that we get this character that people are going to compare, but she has found her own way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's not going to do it that way. No. Times have changed. Um, I do have I do have complaints. Oh, okay. Hit just me. about the show overall. Okay. I don't think we got enough of the sad characters. Like when Carly died, I think we were supposed to be more sad. Oh. Like I just feel like I didn't get to know her enough. Yeah. I I agree with you in that way. Like I definitely thought she had to be like a granddaughter of somebody that we knew. Like I mm-hmm. felt like she had to be somebody that we had some connection to. Like I just didn't feel like she came out of nowhere. Yeah. But that's okay. I, I guess they don't always have to have a connection, but no, she, I just thought she was so passionate about it. Like, where did this come from? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even Sharon, I don't think we got to see enough of her. No, like, I agree. Always bring her on. I think now that she's going to be in this like double agent role, we'll see more of her. But yeah. 
her even Batroc, like yeah he's using this first episode using the first episode set up as this like villain coming back fifth episode he comes back i just want to kill the falcon they have that little fight yeah and then he just kind of dies yeah yeah even, well and, i think he's dead yeah maybe not i doubt it uh also torres torres just kind of he gets to be a side character the whole time i'm guessing they're setting him up for more in the future but it was just a few characters that i just wish we got even honestly uh, i guess walker we got to see like enough of his backstory to lead to like learn about him as a person yeah yeah i think it was just i know the focus of the show was sam and bucky i just wish we got to see a little bit more of why people were doing the things that they did. Yes. Yeah. It is. It just makes it more interesting. I love Marvel villains are usually never really fully villains for me. Like I can always see their side. So like Zemo and Thanos and like, I always see their side and I like that. I think that's a, I think it's a fascinating way to do things because it isn't so like you're bad and good. It's like, I'm doing bad things for the good <laughs> yeah, right they really believe that yeah it's something it's like the ends justifying the means yeah yeah all right now we have seven weeks until we get to is loki that loki yeah, is June. seven weeks i gotta watch that trailer oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right now for our top 100 movie challenge we're each gonna pick a movie because we're going back to two now I that we don't have our friday flung one out i know i gotta take out a certain one but it's all right as long as you don't pick it or if you tell me that you pick it uh 99 uh, number 99, we are going back. Da-na, da-na, no! <laughs> we're gonna be it's watching. bad that it's coming up to summer and then we're going to watch Jaws. Jaws. That's so funny. I'm down for it, though. Sure. Jaws and... um, Is Jaws... Um, who does Jaws? Like, was it... Um, oh, isn't it... Um, somebody... Uh, Steven Spielberg? No. What I feel like that? it was someone like that. Um, what is that? Oh, something for my account. Oh, okay. And our second movie is going to be, and I'm trying to read it, and I feel like you because I can't really read it. <gasps> wow, that never happens with your perfect eyes. I think it's just because it's dark. That's going to yeah. be my excuse. Oh, is that what it is? What number is that? It is number 93. It is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You are right. Thank you. So Jaws, Indiana Jones, definitely... 70s 80s 80s is just yeah, 80s yeah. oh my god i just made a huge 80s list of ev- all the 80s movies i want to rewatch. i'm on an 80s buzz i'm gonna rewatch them i don't know if jaws is jaws might be 70s like late 70s i have no idea uh and indiana jones i actually think would also be the 80s but let's you, you do jaws i'll do indiana jones okay jaws and uh it is steven spielberg by the way directed yeah. And it's 1975. Okay. I have to say, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I just know about it. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I was like so young. I was just a baby when that was. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, 1989, which actually I want to look now and see if um, it is directed by Steven Spielberg. We're on a Spielberg buzz. uh, Spielberg is, I feel like now he's more of a producer, but he's definitely kind of... uh, Maybe we should do something Spielberg, make it a whole Spielberg episode, or do you think that's like overkill? I mean, we could probably find. I think when we did the um, before the uh, the signatures, I'm pretty sure Spielberg was part of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll think of something else. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry, guys. We'll be back. All right. Besides that, case got anything else? I got nothing else, Jackie. All right, and besides that, we'll see you next time.
Bye.